Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Heading into the 2020-21 season here at Inside Carolina, we're breaking down all 12 of UNC scholarship players. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Shell McMillan and Greg Barnes. Guys, Garrison Brooks, he's a senior, he's the guy, he's coming off a second team All-ACC performance. Sherelle, what do we expect from Garrison Brooks this year? What are expectations and what are some things we should look for from him to improve, get better at, and kind of contribute to this team? I think the biggest thing with him is just his confidence is at a level I think many people didn't expect it to be at. If you remember after uh, Luke May hit that shot, you know, there's a lot of talk in the offseason about can he be a full-time starter at UNC? And just that one shot gave him confidence that turned him into pretty much an All-American. And I think what you saw during the stretch when Cole Anthony was hurt was Garrison Brooks kind of find something in himself that, you know, hey, I can compete at this level. And not only can I compete, I, I can be really, really good. I can be someone who wins awards and honors. And uh, I, I think to me, that's the biggest thing for him is just he looks so dialed in and just so relaxed and so confident in what he can do on the court that it's, it's going to help the rest of the team. Look, we know we can score. We know we can rebound. Greg, what else are we looking from for, for Garrison Brooks this season? Well, he needs to get better shooting free throws. That was an issue for him last year, and he needs to work on that, that mid-range game to kind of help his pro prospects. Uh, but I think Sherelle is exactly right. I mean, the fact that uh, the confidence button was pushed for, for Garrison last year. Um, you, It's funny when you watch players. You know, we knew he was always good defensively, right? Uh, but when you watch players who are trying to figure out, you know, you know I don't have any post moves. I'm working on them in the offseason. Now I've got to do them in a game. And that you can just kind of see them thinking through the motion. But once once that confidence hit, uh, what happened? I mean, he was very aggressive. You know, he wasn't thinking so much. He was just playing ball. Um, and I think that's really going to be beneficial. The fact that uh, that confidence and the experiences that he's had I mean, he's, he's been on a number one seed team. He's been on a team that went 14-19. That's going to provide some leadership. We know Roy Williams has already kind of singled him out as the guy. Uh, I think that's critically important. That's going to be good, good for everybody else. Um, and so I think it's really a mix of there's some intangibles there that he's really going to be able to, to elevate his play. He's really going to be able to help this team. And that's going to how, be how he's better. But there's also other components, you know, the, the shooting defensively uh, because they had to rely on him so much for scoring last year and because he had to play so many minutes that affected how good he was on the defensive end, not having to play as many minutes this year, not having to be the guy offensively. Uh, that's going to allow him to kind of settle back in to be that stout defensive player that he can be. Uh, and that'll make him play that much better. Coming off a second team, all AC season, all ACC season, Garrison Brooks heads into his, Senior year with some help with Armando Baycott, Walker Kessler, and Dayron Sharp. Should be interesting to follow Brooks in his last year as a tall here. Tall, tar heel. Losing it here. 
Andrew Playtech, a senior guard, 6'4", 205. Obviously a player who, who's been a, a bench and kind of a role player most of his year. Greg, what do you expect from Playtech in his final season? Well, I think Playtech, because he struggled shooting the ball last year, I think a lot of people were pretty down on him. Um, but he's a guy that had to, had to play a lot. I mean, he started nine games for UNC, and he's really kind of a, a backup that can come in and give you some minutes, some quality minutes. He's not a guy that's supposed to be the go-to guy, especially at the two-guard, but that's what he had to be at times. Um, but I think if you kind of look at what, what he did last year, I mean, he had a 2-1 uh, assist-error ratio, which is really good. He can rebound the ball. He's a good defender. Um, you know, he's not the quickest laterally, uh, but in terms of positioning, he kind of knows where to be. I think those are all good attributes. And the fact that he is a, um, a senior leader, he's a good guy in the hat to have in the locker room, good clubhouse guy. Um, and I think that's, that's beneficial. And there's a role for that with this team with so many young guys. He certainly has to improve his shooting, though. Yeah, he started nine games last year. He has some experience. He's been in big moments. You know, he can do a, a little bit of everything. Obviously, not the shooter that UNC wants from him. Shrell, as you look at Playtech, what can he be in this last season for the Tar Heels? Well, he's going to have to play a good amount, uh, especially at the beginning as Anthony Harris kind of gets back healthy. Um, there are only two other scholarship guards on the roster uh, besides Playtech, so he's going to have to play. I think, you know, kind of the opposite of Garrison Brooks is where Playtech is right now. His confidence is, is really kind of waning. It's probably pretty low. Um, I think you could see it in some of his play towards the end of the year. And I think, you know, hopefully this summer and – this fall as you know, we enter practice, he kind of worked on that and reminded himself that, you know, he's here for a reason that Roy Williams recruited him for a reason that they believe he can be a solid player. I think more than anything, if he can just get a little bit of confidence back and, and just, you know, give them that five to eight minutes a game of, of relief. Um, then I think, you know, that's what he can con contribute to the team. In addition to the stuff that you mentioned, the, the intangibles and leadership and all those things, kind of an extension of, of Roy Williams on the court. Always good to have a senior guard who kind of knows what to do in practice, knows what to do in games, can be there for the freshman, Andrew Playtech. Maybe you can have a Nate Britt-type player in his final season for the Tar Heels heading into the 2020-21 season. Leaky Black, a junior, 6'8", 205. Sorry, 6'8", 195. Uh, plays the, the three for UNC. He's had ups and downs. He's been injured. Finally healthy for the Tar Heels entering this season. Shrell. What does UNC need from Leaky, Leaky Black, and what can he be in the season where we expect him to have kind of a breakout year? Yeah, above all, else, they need him to be on the court and healthy. Um, 69 games in his two seasons at Carolina, he's played in 55. Of those 55 he played in, I would say maybe 10, he was really healthy. Wow. Um, so it just tells you where he's been at and, and why maybe there have been some of those struggles. I think he's a player who's not really ever going to give you, you know, 20, he scored – uh, double figures four times in his 55 career games. So he's not going to be the guy to give you 20 points in a game. You, frankly, they don't need that from him. What they need from him, like you said, is someone who uh, plays great defense, someone who in a pinch can facilitate, uh, someone who can you know make great in pass, uh, passes into the post to Carolina's big guys, someone who can slash, and someone who just knows kind of what to do. Uh, glue guys are cliche, but glue guys are really, really important. Marcus Ginyer was one of those guys on North Carolina's 2018, which might be better in 2009. Um, you know, Danny Green was served in that kind of role, Jackie Manuel. So these guys are really important, and I think Leakey has a chance to be that for uh, this year's team. You do a lot of things, Greg, um, and he's finally healthy. What do you see out of Leaky Black this season? And what does he need to be in this role for this team? 
I won't go as old school as, as Sherelle there, but I mean, like Theo Pinson is a more recent uh, kind of example of a guy like that. Um, you know, I think when we, we look at some of these guys coming back, you know, Andrew Playtech was the guy last year that had to start games, and that's not really what he's supposed to do. He's playing out of position, if you will. And Leaky Black kind of did the same thing. Uh, and I think now that you've got talent around him, you've got solid uh, post-depth, you've got some good options in the backcourt, he can really settle in. And instead of worrying about you know, which of the five positions is he going to play, mm-hmm. he knows where he's going to play. Now, I think there's value in that. He can kind of settle in. Um, I think the, the idea of him being a facilitator on the wing is critically important for this team. I think that's, that, that helps out a lot, uh, both with entry passes as well as you know, spelling the, the younger guys and helping them out some with the offense. Uh, and to Sherelle's point, I mean, he's got the height. Um, he can really take advantage defensively on the wing, use that length to his advantage. That should help him rebounding. Um, and when you we mix that in with the passing component and leadership-wise, right, um, he's a guy that now that he's healthy can really do a lot of different things without being the guy every night, and they don't need him to be. What, what can he not do, it sounds like? I mean, he can defend uh, all positions or at least four positions for UNC. If he can knock out some shots and stay healthy, he should have a really good year and be the guy that UNC needs him to be. Sterling Manley, yes, a scholarship player, a red shirt, red shirt junior, 6'11", 250. I mean, I don't remember the last time this guy played. Didn't play at all last year. And before that, I think he was, was out most of the season before that. So – Really, if he's healthy, what can Sterling Manley be for this team? Likely the fifth big man if he can play. Greg? Yeah, I think the key for Sterling is getting healthy. Um, we don't know exactly kind of what his status is. Uh, you know, hopefully they can get him back some this year. But I think with the way that, that COVID has affected things with eligibility, uh, there's a chance that he's getting a free redshirt year anyway, even though he had already gotten a medical redshirt year for last year. Um, so he's a guy that's, that's going to be a veteran presence. He's been around a while. Um, and you would like to think that, that they can at least get him back in some capacity to be able to contribute in practice and really help you know, the four guys that are in front of him right now. It's going to take him some time to work back in. Um, but you know, he's got length. He's got size. I mean, he's, he's raw. Uh, he does have to improve. But you, you wouldn't, wouldn't not like having him on the roster as a senior who's healthy who maybe can contribute next year. Uh, what can he bring this year? I think he's just got to get healthy first before we start talking about how much he can actually play. Trail, the floor is yours. Yeah, so the last time he played was UNC's loss to Auburn in the NCAA tournament. He played one minute oh, played in that, that game. Okay. Yeah, and the last time he played 10 minutes was December 29th, 2018 against Davidson. Look at this so, research. Yeah, I told you. I did. I took notes. I told you. Um, but, yeah, I, he's got to stay healthy because, um, you know, if – can bring in recruiting here just a little bit um, depending upon what happens with NBA decisions after this season, it would take an enormous amount of pressure off of UNC's efforts in the class of 2021. If Sterling Manley could get himself healthy and Sterling Manley would could be ready to play um, as a red shirt senior next in, in 2021, 2022. Um, so really if he can just get healthy, just get himself back into basketball shape, get himself used to being on the floor, get himself trusting his legs, his knees, lower extremities. Um, I think that would be just a huge win in itself. I think expecting anything from him on the court this year is, is really too much. Kind of where we were with Jeremiah Francis about a year ago, even though he did play some uh, as a freshman. Yeah, playing behind four other guys, Garrison Brooks, Amani Baycott, and the two freshmen, Kessler and Sharp. Uh, it's going to be hard to see him on the court, but he is a big body, and he's proven to, to be a good player when he is healthy, Sterling Manley.
We're going to talk about Armando Baycott today, the 6'10", sophomore, 240 pounds. I've always written he's had a, he had up and down season. I mean, he's, he's averaged close double figures in both rebounds and points, was not consistent, was injured here and there, and had trouble scoring around the basket. Uh, this is a big year for Baycott, and, and Roy always talks about that freshman to sophomore year jump. Shrell, what do you think Baycott can be in his second year as a Tar Heel? Uh, I just think he needs to continue to uh, learn how intense you have to be and how ready you have to be every single night to play in the ACC. I think that's a hard thing for a freshman to learn, especially for a freshman who kind of got thrown into the starting lineup. Um, you know, I think ideally in a traditional UNC season with a traditional UNC roster, he would have come off the bench, played 15 or 20 minutes, and then been ready to start as a sophomore. He just didn't have that luxury because of the lack of overall talent on that team last year. Um, but he still had a really good season. I mean, he was Carolina's best rebounder last year. Um, he had 14 time, 14 games where he had 10 or more rebounds. So, um, you know, it's not like he was terrible. It's just that his ability to finish around the rim, I think, clouded a lot of the other things that – or I should say inability to finish around the rim, clouded some of the other things that he did well. So if he can just build on that, hopefully over the offseason he got a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as we talked about, he's getting pushed by two really good freshmen. So I, I would I expect him to really take a leap. I'm, I'm a believer in Baycott simply because he's a talented player and he's getting pushed and he's kind of fighting for his life, for lack of a better phrase, when it comes to playing time at Carolina. Yeah, I think the competition from Daron Sharp and Walker Kessler combined with, you know, a whole offseason to get stronger, faster, and know what it takes to play in UNC system will be huge. Greg, I mean, what do you see? Do you see that jump happening? Do you see him improving? Is that kind of how you see it as well? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, I think everybody needs to kind of go back and, and look what he was before mm -hmm. getting injured. Um, I mean, he was fantastic against Oregon, and he has that kind of potential. We didn't see that. You have to give him credit, one, for coming back after the ankle injury against Ohio State, right? But the fact that he played against Virginia, uh, Roy yeah. Williams was really impressed about that. Um, but he just never kind of got back, and I, I think some of it was confidence uh, dealing with that injury. And then, you know, he, he suffered a, another injury in a late in the year in ACC tournament. Um, so I think getting healthy is critically important for him. And then what that's going to allow him to do is, is really kind of build on what he did last year. Uh, because he set such a high bar early in the year, he can never get back up to that. And that's, that's kind of how we graded him. It's like, okay, well, he played okay this game, but think about Oregon. Yeah. He kept going back to that. And it wasn't fair to him because he's playing hurt. He had to play. North Carolina really didn't have any other options. Uh, so I expect him to have a big year. I know a lot of people are quick to put Kessler and, and Sharp ahead of him. Uh, but, but I think because he understands how last year went, uh, I think he's a guy to, to really watch out for and have a great year. And look, his issue was, was missing shots around the basket. And you know what helps that? Getting stronger, stronger base, stronger upper body. And you would think he has gotten stronger with, with now almost two years with, with uh, Jonas there at UNC. Anthony Harris. A redshirt freshman, 6'4", 196, played five games last year, had 16 points against UCLA, burst on the scene, was knocking down threes, was diving for balls, and then was injured a couple games later. And his injury and his role in this team is kind of what we're looking at because we don't know if he'll be ready. But he could be a huge player for the Tarles this season. Greg, Anthony Harris, I mean, what do you think, given he's healthy, let's say that, given he's healthy, what can Harris be for this team? I think it's a fascinating story because you, we talk about Armando Bacot, for example, who played through injury, and because he was injured and played, people kind of uh, 
didn't think as highly of him because of the way he struggled. Anthony Harris has, has five really good games and then gets hurt. And because he had this very small sample size, everybody just extrapolates that, hey, he's going to be a yeah. stud guard for North Carolina. No reason to not like him. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. But he's going to have to prove that over, over a longer period of time, not coming off the bench and, and, and showing that he can do it. He's got to get healthy first, right? I mean, he's got to get back to 100%. And, uh, and that's, going to be, that's going to be item number one for him. I do think he brings a lot to the table. And uh, you know, we talk about having to play tough. You know, the Joel Berry uh, you know, being very physically tough and mentally tough. I think Harris has that in him. And I think that's, that's good for this team to have. Um, he's scrappy and he, he can do a lot of different things. Um, he probably is, I would say that he's probably better suited to not have to be the guy. And if he's your third or fourth option, then you're doing pretty well. But if he's forced to be a scorer for this team out of the backcourt, that may be a challenge. Uh, but I think he brings, brings good energy, brings toughness, uh, and that goes a long way. Shrell, you covered his recruitment. It was kind of a short recruitment to UNC, but Harris is a player. We only see him five games. You know, what can he be for this team and what kind of player really is he? Can he be that a knockdown shooter? Can he be a defensive stopper? Who is Anthony Harris? Yeah, I, th- I think more of the latter, uh, closer to a defensive stopper. I, I really think um, and it is getting easy now to start comparing all the two guards to Kenny Williams um, <laughs> just because of, of what he's been for Carolina for the last four years. But I do think that Anthony Harris has some of those same qualities that kind of attracts Roy Williams to him in that he plays very good defense. He he's knows where to be. He knows what to do. And then he just he hustles. And, you know, we. Again, I, I think the the whole bulldog dog thing can be overstated, but he does have that, and it is important. And we've talked about how this season will be atypical, and he's one of those guys who I've seen at 8 a.m. games in Augusta, Georgia, you know, when there's no stakes at all, you know, act like he's playing in the national championship game. And I think that's very important. Um, we talk about leadership and self-starting and energy and all these things, and I think he can definitely bring that. I mean, you if you remember how crushed that team was, when they found out about his injury and it wasn't just because like, Oh, we're missing a guy is, it was because it was that guy, how hard he worked, all the things he went through his work ethic, all that stuff. So I think intangible wise, I think that's really important. I think he probably would have been the starting two if healthy. Um, it looks like that's not the case, but um, as we mentioned before, they only have three um, other uh scholarship guards outside of him. So anything he can do uh, would be welcome. I think for, for Roy Williams in that backcourt. Certainly one of the more intriguing players to follow, knowing what he can do, but not really knowing everything he can do heading to this season. Anthony Harris could be a two-guard for UNC, uh, could start coming off the bench uh, as he works back in and gets healthy. I want to talk to you now about Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They're our loyal podcast sponsors here inside Carolina. It's getting cold outside. Get yourself a sweatshirt, get yourself some sweatpants, head to Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com to get all your UNC apparel needs. Christmas is right around the corner birthdays, holidays, head to giantt-shirt.com or giant t-shirt right on Franklin street and get everything you need. Their website's great. You can buy so many different things, so many different gifts. You can click, 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 click and get things you need to get everybody in your family, all the UNC stuff they want and need Johnny t-shirt and giant shirtcom And remember, and remember all inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off with the promo code for subscribers. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Heading into the 2020-21 season uh, here at Inside Carolina, we're breaking down all the scholarship players. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Greg Barnes and Sherelle McMillan. The freshman now, Caleb Love. We heard all about him. Five-star freshman. 24-7 sports moved him, I think, to like number six in the nation. So tons of hype for this lead guard. 6'4", 195. Shrell, you covered his recruitment. What can Caleb be in his first year? He's another one of those big-time freshman point guards for the Tar Heels. Yeah, I would I would answer that by saying uh, how fast does he learn what Roy Williams likes and what he doesn't, and that'll be how effective he is. We saw with Kobe White, uh, he learned pretty quickly by the Texas game maybe in November, he was, you know, off to the races. And I think Caleb Love will have uh, backcourt making RJ Davis to help him with that. Um, so he's got that going for him. And then, you know, just athletically, he, he's up there. He's, he's, he's a really good athlete. Um, he's become a really good shooter, uh, kind of a player who transitioned from more of a combo guard into a lead guard, but can still do both of those things. And I think defensively, I think, is where he really can make a mark. Um, they're going to need him to do it offensively, but defensively he can as well. If you look through the ACC, the starting two guards, I kind of looked it up, they all are between 6'1 and 6'5. If you're considering an R.J. Davis, Caleb Love starting backcourt, then Caleb Love is going to kind of going to have to guard those twos who are between, you know, 6'2 and 6'5. Well, his wingspan is 6'9, 6'10. So he has the NBA measurables. And I think um, when you start talking about putting him on the wing with Leaky Black defensively, those are two tall, long guys. And I think they can be really disruptive. And, you know, North Carolina plays better when they're playing fast. And the best way to play fast is to get turnovers and dominate the glass. And they have all the recipes for that. And I think Love can kind of be, you know, one of those guys who starts it on defense for them. Greg, you've covered tons of freshman point guards for UNC. Um, what are the challenges? What do you expect for a guy like Caleb Love who comes with hype but has to, has to live up to expectations leading the Tar Heels? Well, I think we have two recent examples to pull from, right? I mean, last year you have Cole Anthony, uh, and he was really the guy, and he had to do everything for this team. And you know, Garrison Brooks showed up midseason and, to, and developed into a great player. Uh, but Cole had a lot of pressure on him and didn't really handle it well really until late in the year um, that, and that's challenging uh, if you go back a couple of years before though you have kobe white and because kobe white had a a veteran cast around him um he could do what he did but he didn't have to be mm-hmm. everything i mean he could kind of allow his game to progress and i think that's going to be one of the key things for, for caleb love um he's got as, as Sherelle said he's got the nba body so he's not really going to be pushed around um he's just got to make smart decisions and when you're in the half court you don't have to force things right uh, use Leaky Black, use your post guys to really feed them the ball, and then take uh, take chances when you have to, uh, but really utilize your skill set in, uh, in the transition game 
and try to get some easy buckets that way, but take what comes to you. You don't have to force it. And as long as he does that, I think there's potential for him to have a, a great year. Yeah, he's not going to have to score all the time, but we know that he can score, and that's a nice thing to have for, for UNC at the point guard spot heading into the 2020-21 season. R.J. Davis, a true freshman, six foot, 160, four-star, ranked in the, the 50-type range, a fire plug, a dynamic scorer, a ball handler, a distributor. He's a guy I'm super excited to watch. I think he can do a lot of things, and he's kind of like a, a player we haven't seen for, for UNC in a while. Sherelle, you cover his recruitment. What's R.J. Davis going to bring in year one? You know, so every year um, when uh, Carolina starts coming on, the players start coming on the campus, we start hearing kind of rumors about how things are going with pickup and practice and everything. And inevitably, you know, the person who is, uh, you know, people will start saying, oh, he's playing really well, does so during the season. And we started hearing stuff about R.J. Davis kind of as soon as they started practicing, as soon as, you know, things started taking off. And I think the reason for that is that they love gamers. Um, they love Joel Berry. They love the way it didn't matter who he was playing against. It didn't matter how tall you were, how fast you were. He was going to find something and he was going to go to it and he was going to use that to win. And I think RJ Davis has that. He's very much a, it's cliche, but he's a, you know, in, in the gym at 6 a.m., in the gym at 7 p.m., after practice, taking extra shots, after games, taking extra shots. He's got that kind of work ethic and he's had to develop it because frankly, he doesn't have the physical prowess of someone like Caleb Love or Cole Anthony or even Kobe White. So he's had a little bit harder of a road to, to um, go down just because of his size and, and that limitation. And he's created a, a um, just a bevy of moves, I would say, mm -hmm. based upon um, having to shoot over taller defenders, having to get by bigger guys. And he's done his entire career gamer. And I, they just love that, all that stuff about him, um, that he just has a will to win that's very strong. Definitely a scorer who can play the two, who can maybe play some backup point guard as well. Greg, uh, it could be a scenario where we have Caleb Love and RJ Davis at the one and the two for UNC. How do you see a, a smaller guard of the two uh, potentially working into UNC's offense and defense for that matter? Well, I think the fact that he can play both positions is going to be very beneficial. And I think that it's really going to allow – it's going to make it easier for both those guards, to be honest. Uh, but it's going to free up Davis. You know, If a big gets a rebound and kicks it out to him in transition, he's going to be able to attack the rim. Um, and that's something that, that he has a skill set to do. Uh, and so, again, with, with having bigs like UNC has, uh, that, that takes some pressure off him. And one thing you'll find is when you have bigs like UNC has – and there's going to be such an emphasis on the opposing team to really collapse down. He's going to get some good looks. And so he's not going to have to force anything. He's going to be able to take, take what comes to him. But I will say, you know, even talking about his size, not the biggest guy, uh, but he was a good rebounder in high school. And I think the fact that he's willing to kind of uh, crash the glass, uh, that speaks to his toughness. Roy Williams loves that. Um, and I think that that's something that he'll be able to utilize at the off-guard spot to really cement some minutes for himself. And what we've heard from UNC players so far on Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, they can push the ball. They like to, to run like UNC likes to run. Of course, that's why they're recruited there. But that's good to hear for, for Davis and for Love as they, they might be leading the Tar Heels at the one and the two heading into this season. All right, Walker Kessler, a unique player for UNC. You know, people think Tyler Zeller, but I think he has a completely different skill set. A 7'1", 245-pound freshman from Georgia. Um, Trail. what type of player is Kessler and how do you see him working into UNC because it's a player like we haven't seen in a long time 
I think that's the biggest point is that uh, there really isn't a precedent for him in North Carolina um, with his measurables. Now, um, you know, on the recruiting trail, they kind of used Luke May as an example of some of the things yeah. that he could do. Um, but he's 7-1. You know, Luke May is 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, on a good day. Um, so, you know, he, he's going to have to learn how to play defense against some of these college fours and fives. And most of the time, those guys are going to be much smaller and quicker than him. What he does have is an amazing uh, uh, wingspan. I think his wingspan is up there with Brandon Wright's uh, among the the largest that Carolina's ever, or longest that Carolina's ever had. What that does also um, is helps him defensively. I think we're going to see the return of kind of the block shot for UNC. That's something they haven't done a lot of the last few years, but with Char- with uh, Kessler's wingspan, um, he doesn't have to necessarily be as quick laterally against some of those guys. He can make up um, for that lack of lateral quickness with his length. So that's good on the defensive end. And then offensively, he does have some perimeter skill. I'm curious to see uh, at what rate that Roe Williams allows him or encourages him to take some of those shots in, in the secondary break, uh, you know, tra- as a trailing big. But he does have that, and he, he plays really well, I think, right now. Uh, he's We've heard he plays really well with Garrison Brooks in practice. Him and Sharp get along well. They're, they're both good passers. So he's a skilled big, and, and – it's just a bit of an unknown. We know he's talented. I'm just curious to see exactly how he's going to fit into what UNC likes to do. Yeah, it's a loaded front court. We know Brooks is going to start and Baycott likely at the five. And then you have De'Aaron Sharp, who's a legitimate bona fide you know, five-star player, and then Walker Kessler. Greg, where do you see kind of maybe the fourth big of this, of this talented front court fitting in rotational-wise and what it can bring in year one? I think it's an ideal situation for the young man just because you know what North Carolina has ahead of him. Um, Garrison Brooks is a potential All-ACC player. Uh, yet again, uh, Monte Baycott has a year of starting experience in his belt. So they're going to be the, the two key guys, at least to start the season. And so Kessler is going to be able to work with them in practice, which is uh, very important for him to develop. Uh, but then he can come in and get good minutes without having to play too many minutes. And so Roy Williams can really bring him along uh, slowly, if he needs to, he may not need to. Um, and that really sets the kid up for success. But the fact that he has such a unique skill set and the fact that he's so big, I mean, we, we talk about Kennedy Meeks. He was a big guy. We saw how good he was in the Final Four. There hasn't been a lot of guys like this that North Carolina has had in recent years. So I think just the fact that you've got a huge guy in the middle who can block shots, who can score at the rim, can do a lot of different things, uh, that allows Garrison Brooks to really be unique in what he does at the four. Um, and, and that'll be good team, good for the team all the way around. Walker Kessler, the, the first uh, seven-footer in a long time for the Tar Heels. Dayron Sharp, freshman, six foot 11, 265, a bruiser, a big-time player, legitimate five-star, you know, top 20 kid. Uh, the hype's on for him, Sherell. What's, uh, what's Dayron Sharp going to bring? What can you tell us about him? Uh, you know, it's interesting. He was actually offered when he was a sophomore. And uh, Dwayne West, who uh, coaches um, the Garden Road AAU team where he played, he said, we talked to him back then, and he said, you know what, they got to get on this guy quick because he's going to be a beast by the time he gets into college. And that's already seems to kind of rung true. Um, he just is a, a big body. He loves to dunk. He loves to block shots and he loves to rebound. I, I'm making it overly simplistic purposefully because those three things are enough to get him a ton of minutes because the kid, I mean, he's, he's very serious on the court, as we mentioned, this entire freshman classes, and he's got a motor. And so when you combine some skill with his size, with the motor, 
with uh, the aggression that he plays with, it, it's, it's inevitable that he's going to walk into eight to 10 points and five or six rebounds every single game just by the way North Carolina plays. So um, I think he brings that and a lot of intensity. If you've seen some of the UNC basketball clips that have just been floating around mm-hmm. on social, you'll see him clapping, you'll see him yelling, and, and that's who he is on the court. And I think that's needed, especially for someone like Armando Baycott. Going up against that kind of person in practice will only make you better. So Sharp is really good for UNC, but he's really, really good for Armando Baycott. I think this is the type of big man that UNC fans have been waiting for. I mean, a no-nonsense, 6'11", 265, big-time guy who just dunks the ball and plays with this mentality, that, that dog mentality that I think – you know, you really want out of your big men. Greg, where does he fit in? Kind of as I think he's gonna be the sixth man off the bench. How do you kind of see him fitting in with Brooks and Baycott uh, in UNC's frontline rotation? I think it's gonna be a, a great piece to the puzzle for sure. And just the fact that he is so explosive and so aggressive, um, it's gonna be good. We talk about Anthony Harris last year and a little, little bit of time that he played being a spark plug and really energizing the team. There is a tremendous amount of value in that. And so if Sharp can just play that role early, right, come off the bench, be so aggressive, really intimidate the other team, uh, that can shake up North Carolina. You, too many times in the past, and it's something that I get tired of talking about, but we talk about maybe a lack of toughness because Roy Williams really likes the finesse game, the skill game. When you get a guy like this in there uh, where he can be so explosive and, and so physical, um, I mean, that, that changes that component. And when you, when you factor that in with some of the other guys UNC has in the post, Roy Williams has a, a tremendous amount of options with how to play these guys. And, but as you said, Sharp, Sharp is going to step into some, some key minutes and a lot of points and rebounds just by doing what he does so well. And the fact they have him with Brooks, Baycott, and Kessler just helps each other to, to rest, to have that time. Because as a big man, you need that time because you're running court to court, and it helps to have players and come in and have little to no drop up drop off. I think that's what, what Sharp will bring in year one. Puff Johnson. He's a legacy Tar Heel, a true freshman, 6'8", 190, from the Pennsylvania area, went to high school in Arizona to close out his senior year, comes in with a reputation as a shooter. Shrell, what can Puff Johnson bring in year one? Maybe not, you know, he's not going to give you starter minutes, but what can he do in his role for this team? Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to say he couldn't bring you oh. starter minutes. Uh, yeah. I, like, you know, I think that Roy Williams is going to do everything he can to avoid last season. And if that means starting Puff Johnson over someone like Leaky Black, then he's going to do it. Now Puff has to earn it in practice. And by all accounts, I, I think he's already, you know, well on his way. Uh, what he can bring, uh, obviously shooting is kind of what people know him for best, but I do think um, he's the type of player who can mix it up uh, down low, who um, doesn't mind contact, who doesn't mind uh, diving on the floor, doing all those intangible things that we keep talking about. So he has that going for him. Um, and then, you know, frankly, you know, just have to hit open shots. I mean, really, I, I'm not trying not to be simplistic, but that's what it comes down to uh, for these wings. We're going to talk about the rest of them later. But if you can just hit a, a shot or two, that's going to be so invaluable for UNC with the kind of depth they have in the post. Yeah, Greg, I mean, the wing rotation is an interesting topic for UNC. If Leaky Black, you have potentially Anthony Harris, RJ Davis, and then you have these two freshmen, Puff Johnson and Kerwin Walton. Um, I mean, what, what do you see with Puff doing? A guy who could play a lot, as Sherelle said, or, or could just come in spot minutes and hit threes? Yeah, I think I think Sherelle's exactly right with the idea that he's going to come in and, and be a guy that can, can knock down some shots. I mean, that's what Cam did 
uh, early. And then once he kind of got into the groove, he did a little bit else. But one, one thing that stood out to me is several of his teammates have talked about how he's actually stronger than Cam was. Um, and depending on his aggressiveness, um, if he can prove to be an effective rebounder, uh, being strong and being as long as he is, in addition to knocking down some shots, uh, that is a recipe for Rory Williams and, and earning a lot of minutes. And so uh, you, watching him progress over the course of the year is going to be something fascinating to see. Um, but sure, the way the schedule shapes up, Roy Williams is going to have to give these guys a lot of minutes early to get, get ready for ACC play. So no doubt Puff's going to have an opportunity to prove what he can do. And if he can, if he can do more than just shoot the ball from outside, uh, he has the opportunity to, to claim some minutes there on the wing. Yeah, he's coming in. I mean, he's going to be compared to Cam his whole career. You know, it's kind of a weird situation there. And, and Cam was was ranked way out of the of the hundreds, and obviously had a great career at Carolina. Uh, Puff, the Magic Dragon, arrives at UNC uh, as a freshman. Last one. Next up is Kerwin Walton, a six-five, two hundred pound freshman from Minnesota. I don't know the last time UNC had a player from Minnesota. A, la- a late add to the twenty twenty class. Uh, Shrell, Corona Walton. I mean, kind of like Puff, a shooter, a small forward. I and mean, what else can he bring? What will he bring in year one for the Tar Heels? Adam Boom, class of 2000, is the answer for Minnesota. Uh, so, uh, what Kerwin, same thing with, with Puff, I, I think is very similar in that uh, he's going to have a chance to earn minutes. And the way he's going to do it is through his shooting. Now, I think there might be a little bit of limitations for him defensively um, just because, you know, guards in, in college basketball are a lot quicker than they are in high school. So that's something he's going to have to improve upon. But, you know, we keep saying it over and over again. If you can hit open shots, you know, North Carolina was a bad three-point shooting team last year, and they only brought back guys who weren't great at shooting last year. So um, the opportunities are going to be there. Um, I, I think Walton in year one, expectations should be tempered a little bit. Um, I expect him maybe not to be a, a 10 or 15 minute a game type player, but I do think he'll have a good career at UNC. But uh, there's room for a specialist to come in and all those guys battling for minutes. You know, if you just hit your, you know, two or three uh, threes a game and, and shoot a decent percentage, you're going to you're going to get minutes. You're going to get run. Did you say you expect him not to be a 10, 15 minute guy? Yeah, I, I think I think he's to me and just my opinion and mm-hmm. from hearing stuff, I think he's one of the ones who might be outside the rotation once it starts to shrink when ACC play starts. That's not to say he's not going to be a, a good player, mm-hmm. but I, I think he'll be on the outside looking in. But, you know, he's going to have opportunities, so things could change. And Greg, when you look at this type of players, I mean, you know, you need those two, three, four-year players in this program. Looks like Kern Walton could kind of fit that mold. What can they do as a freshman to kind of get where they need to be in, in, in a role they could kind of find uh, when, when they aren't obviously going to be one of the main guys in the rotation? Well, Roy Williams talks about all the time, you know, when you, when you get an opportunity and you come in off the bench, don't hurt the team. Um, you know, don't make stupid plays. Uh, you know, if you, if you have an opportunity to, to make an open shot, do it, play good defense, play hard. Um, and all indications are Kerwin's that kind of guy. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that he excels at badminton is something that I find just, uh, I love about a guy. We hear about video games so much. Uh, I think that kind of speaks to the kind of personality he has. You know, Puff Johnson is, is a little uh, more exuberant, um, whereas Kerwin's to himself. And he's a guy that will just go about his business and he's earned respect from his teammates because he's, he's a gym rat and he gets in there and he doesn't say a whole lot because all of his work done. Um, and so as you, as you're building that rapport with your teammates, 
you know, we saw Kenny Williams do that, right? He didn't do much of anything his freshman year, but everybody loved him. Everybody was excited about him because he did everything that he needed to do. And so you're right, Ross. I mean, there, there are uh, roles for guys like this. You, if, if you're not able to scratch as a freshman, keep at it, and the opportunities will rise. And the fact that he can shoot the ball uh, will give him some opportunities. But as long as he keeps grinding and proves that he's capable of playing, uh, he'll get some time this year, and that sets him up for, for a lot more playing time in the future. Corwin Walton, one of six UNC freshmen expecting to play and potentially make an impact for the Tar Heels in the 2020-21 season. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.